Good morning, I'm Pastor Sean. It's our, first, our last Advent reading of the season, till tonight, that is. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We light this candle as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Would you read this scripture with me that's on the screen? Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. Come, Lord Jesus, our light and salvation. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Welcome to Hebrew Baptist Church. I am Pastor Sean, and we're glad that you're here as we worship Christ this Christmas season. We have a lot of guests here today. We're glad that you're here, uh, some to support those behind us and to be a part of the Christmas season. But if you are a guest, we'd ask you, invite you to do uh, one thing for us. In the pew in front of you uh, is a QR code. If you'd scan that so that we can connect with you. Uh, today we will have a gift in the Christmas season for you. If you go by our Next Steps desk and show them that you've signed up on that digital card, if you're not into the digital stuff, there is a, a physical card that you can fill out this morning. Uh, they'll have that there at the Next Steps desk. Uh, but our purpose here at Hebron Baptist Church is to invite everyone to take their next steps in Christ. We tell everyone that if you've never trusted Christ, your next step is to trust Christ. If you've been a believer for a long time and never learned how to study the scriptures for yourself, we want to come alongside you and teach you to do that. If you want to impact the world, we can send you on mission trip. You'll see in our calendar, in our, uh, in our bulletin, that we have several mission trips this year. So we invite and equip everyone to take their next steps in Christ. And so we hope you have a church home to do that in. And if not, we'd invite you Baptist Church to stay with us. Uh, let me uh, continue in our service today. Things are a little different than our normal services. Uh, today, I am going to join us. We regularly have time for prayer, and we pray for several things. We pray for ourselves, uh, we pray for things around the world, uh, and we uh, pray uh, for our service. So if you would, would you join me in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be in your house one of our values at Hebron Baptist Church is engaging worship. And today, there's no greater day than for us to worship you. You stepping out of heaven to come, cloaking yourself in human form, being fully God, fully man. Jesus came to die for our sins. And this we can celebrate. This we can be thankful for. And today, Lord, we've come into your house to worship you through singing of carols, listening to your word, praying, and being your people. Lord, we're thankful uh, that we can gather this Christmas Eve as your family here at Hebron Baptist Church. We praise you and honor you today with all of our hearts, and we will sing, even if we're not singers, because you deserve our praise. So, Lord, this morning, help us to be engaging worshipers here this Christmas. Today, Lord, I just pray a special prayer for those uh, who are maybe celebrating this Christmas with a heavy heart, those who are missing loved ones, or those who are sick and can't be with loved ones this Christmas. Maybe they're watching from home on, on streaming, and they just can't be with others. Maybe they're shut-ins, or maybe uh, they're overseas, or maybe they're just uh, suffering a very heavy heart. We pray for them, Lord, 
that you would draw near just as you've come to earth. You would draw near to their heart, encourage them in your love. And Lord, I pray that they would find binding relationships to encourage them this Christmas season. We pray for those who are mourning loved ones. We pray, Lord, that you would give them the hope that comes from the gospel to help them in their grieving tears. And Lord, help them to lift their eyes to you. Lord, this morning we lift and continue to pray for the conflict in Gaza. We pray for a peaceful end. We pray for the hostages to be released. Our hearts break for those who will be spending Christmas holidays uh, away from their family. And Lord, uh, the grueling nature of what they're experiencing. We pray, God, by your hand that you would release them back home unscathed and to their families. We pray, Lord, also for the hatred of Jewish people to end throughout the world. That we are reminded this season, that Christmas, that you love us, that you came for us, that, that you are to love all peoples. And Lord, we pray that we would be reminded, created in your image, that all peoples deserve respect, love, and care. So Lord, this season, there's a lot going around the world, but we're thankful that you are the Prince of Peace. And we are thankful that peace can be found in your son, Jesus. And we're thankful that this, this celebration this morning and this evening will point us to the hope that is in Jesus. And God, I pray that as we know that we are called to be engaging worshipers, we know that, Lord, we aren't. Often we don't worship you. As a matter of fact, there are many of us in our standard nature does not worship you we don't follow you we but god we know that you have sent your son jesus christ so that we might be restored to you to bring you glory honor and praise in our lives to praise your name by sharing your gospel and to praise you as we worship so lord i pray this morning your gathered people here that we would take hope in the gospel that forgiveness is found in you and that we celebrate it as Jesus who makes it possible. We're thankful for this and all more. And God's, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you would stand to your feet, we're going to do what many of us have been excited to and waiting anxiously for. And that is to sing Christmas carols at the top of our lungs. And we have every reason to because of what Jesus has done. So let's proclaim this together. If you want to use the hymnal, uh, it's in front of the little white books in front of you. I didn't do this on purpose, but it turns out if you turn to page 87, we're going to sing those three songs in a row. So this is a rare opportunity to make easy hymnal usage. Uh, otherwise, the lyrics should be on the screen.
Thank you for singing. You may be seated. to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 actually I'm going to go back and read that extra verse that's not listed there on the screen if you want to use the pew bible that's in front of you it's page 1076 1076 1076 uh, it's halfway down the page you're looking for the big number 2 and then the small number 21 uh, we're reading from that today as we've been going through a series here at Hebron Baptist Church that we've looked through the ancient hymns of the New Testament, those that are believed to be hymns that the song, the early church sang, uh, that taught mostly about Jesus. And as we've looked at that, we found such wonderful truths about who Jesus is and why he should be celebrated at Christmas. Today, uh, are on the or the modern side, we're going to be looking at the "It Came Upon a Midnight Clear." But in the scripture, which is inerrant, truthful, God's word, we'll be looking at 1 Peter 2, verse 21 through 25. It reads, For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word is truth and is light to us today. God, it speaks truthfully about your son. And Lord, because of it, we want to know it. We want to be, to be a, a encouraged by it. But ultimately, through your spirit, we want to be changed by it. So Lord, that is my prayer this morning, that all of us in this room, whether we've never trusted Christ or we've been believers for decades, that today that we would be changed after reading your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've shared with our, our crew often that we love Christmas music in my house. We start on November 1st, start listening to our favorite songs. I know that's a, I know that's a law in some houses, so if I offended you, 
I'm sorry that you're wrong. But we uh, listen to different ones. We've got special ones. I used to have a Christmas tree farm when I was young, and so we just have our favorite ones. And, and something that I've noticed in all the different songs, the different albums, is there's, there are some sad Christmas songs. I mean, we're, we know the holly jollies. We know the jingle bells. We know the joy to the worlds. But there's a lot of sad songs as well. Of course, the king uh-huh, has the blue Christmas we have Please Come Home for Christmas, kind of that bluesy song that several different people have covered over time. The Queen, Dolly Parton, Hard Candy Christmas. That's one of our favorites in our, in our house that we sing. Uh, of course, Tay-Tay, T-Swizzle, Taylor Swift. If you listen to her old Christmas album, Christmases When You Were Mine. That's, a, that's one, if you get that one, that's a tearjerker. But of course, the one that is played in malls and on the radios and probably often I would say that many of us change the station is by Wham. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away. This year, someone special. Okay, there we go. So you know it. Even though you don't admit it, you know it. To which the person I say that sang that song, hey, dude, it's been a year. Get over it, okay? I don't know why you're still, last Christmas, you're still mad. Why do these songs resonate with us? Because honestly, we all have lived through bad, tough Christmases. We've all had difficulties and sufferings. It resonates to us because we know that there's sometimes we are missing a relationship. Sometimes there's been a change in our life over the year. We look at this time of year and look back and we often are disappointed. We maybe are thinking about differing change in job or, or maybe something that's not gone well. Sickness hits this time of year. My family can attest to that. Satan loves to stir in the holidays. Many of us are discouraged, disappointed because as we prayed for earlier, we're missing someone who's gone to be with the Lord. And our tables and our living rooms are a bit empty this year. There's trials that are going on that we go through. And guess what? The holidays don't make those trials and suffering slow down. Even though everybody else wants to, that doesn't. And unfortunately, we know that there's blue Christmases for all of us. As someone once said, you're either going through a trial, coming out of a trial, or about to go into one. And so how do we deal with these things? Well, the good news of Christmas, that Jesus came, the God-man came at Christmas to taking on flesh, experiencing every trial, so that knowing that every suffering and trial that we can experience, he has given us an example of how we can live victoriously through them. We've been looking at the early hymns of the recorded New Testament. We've looked at several of them. Here in 1 Peter chapter 2, 21 through 24, scholars have believed for many times, many years, that this is uh, either a poem or a hymn. Now, most modern scholars believe that this is not a hymn, but you can see from the poetic nature, if you're a Greek translator, that there is a poetic nature to it. The first word of every sentence is a literally a phrase the one who and it's repetitive through it and so that's why it believes that many believe that it could be a song but what is the purpose of these verses 
it is to point us to the truth of verse 21. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow. Now, doing some digging this week, the Greek word there, example, hypogrammon, was a word that was used in ancient times for kids uh, to practice their alphabet. It was the example for children to learn to trace and understand their letters. So when this word here says example, the term that we use today, example, model, or pattern, it just really isn't strong enough because it is saying that Jesus is the only example. He's the paradigm. He is the one in which everything should be based on. As we think of this, Jesus is the way that we look to how to live our life. And even looking at him, we can learn how to live through suffering. And in our text, we'd like us to see that Jesus is an example for us to model in our lives, but also to show that when he came at Christmas, he gives us a model for how we live in painful, difficult times. If you want to take notes on the bulletin or in your devices, this passage shows four ways that Jesus is our example. Number one, Jesus faced unjust suffering and did not sin. Jesus faced unjust suffering and did not sin. Verse 22, he did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Peter elaborates that Jesus' exemplary suffering depended specifically that he was sinless in his life. Peter quotes here from Isaiah 52 and 53, known as the suffering servant prophecy in Isaiah. It shows that the servant was to suffer greatly, but he would not sin. You know Jesus' story. We know that he suffered greatly. He was beaten, spat upon. He went hungry. He was hung on a cross. He was hurled insults at. And yet, he did not sin. Peter was not just saying, hey, he's never had a chance to sin. No, he never sinned. But Peter's main purpose is to commend Jesus as an example. Friends, when we go through suffering, and you will go through suffering, that we should look and follow the steps of Jesus and those steps go to the cross. Those steps go to suffering. But in that, in, he did not sin. And he, even though he was mistreated, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And so when we suffer, there is no excuse for us to sin. Hebrews 4.25 says, For we did not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. So what does this mean? Brothers and sisters, when we are facing suffering, let's be honest, we are tempted to sin. Maybe it's to give up on God. Maybe it's to lash out. Maybe it's to turn to pleasures. In many different ways, we are tempted, especially during suffering but here Peter reminds us that Jesus faced temptation and never gave in to sin let's be honest 
we're always more like Ralphie than we are like Jesus. You know the Christmas story and Ralphie? Ralphie suffered unjustly by the hands of Farkas, right? He was bullied, chased home every day, and finally, even after all that suffering, what happened? Ralphie snapped, beat him up, hurled curse words, all did sorts of things to bring justice. Well, friends, Jesus faced all of that and more and didn't sin. Jesus taught us a better way. Have you ever faced temptation because of your suffering? Maybe you turn to pleasure because of what you're going through. Maybe you've succumbed because God hasn't shown up for you in a while. Maybe your situation is so lonely and rejection so painful that you think, surely my actions are justified. But friends, Christ took on weak, vulnerable human nature. And not only did he experience death, but he could sympathize with every temptation that we would face and in this temptation, he faced getting sullen and self-pitying and despairing and even possibly unbelieving the goodness of God in the moment. But instead, Jesus never sinned. So friends, in our time of suffering, when you're tempted to sin, go to pleasure, go to de depression, doubt God, turn to Christ. He will give you strength and give you an example that even during suffering you will not sin secondly we see that Jesus faced unjust suffering and didn't lash out verse 23 says when he was insulted he did not insult in return when he suffered he did not threaten you know this time of year we're often tempted in many different ways and it's usually by sweets right we try to try to keep it together but we're at the office party and the chocolate chip cookies come by and so, okay okay I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna give in I'm gonna be strong then they pass by the chocolate fudge homemade chocolate fudge and, ah, I'm gonna be strong I'm, I'm gonna not give in but then it comes, the dessert that your mom used to make or your grandmother used to make, and it's tied to a memory, and you know, oh, no, I can't give in. I give in. I, I'm just going to eat all of it that I can. That is how it builds up, doesn't it? We want to be good, but we don't. Well, isn't that the same way that happens to us when we're mistreated and we're insulted? Or maybe we're in a challenging conversation we try to take the hurt feelings and suppress them we try to let it go the second time the third time we pray real hard the fourth time we write a note and we throw it away the fifth time we finally blow up and we insult trying to even the score well friends Jesus even when wrongly accused even when mistreated even when insulted, even when, when he was put on the cross, did not repay insult for insult or evil for evil. Maybe you're facing that now as you're at work. Your team leader, knowing that you're a Christian, constantly makes derogatory comments about Christianity. 
maybe at school you have someone maybe like Farkas who is following you around and, and giving you hurling insults at you brothers and sisters I encourage you to go and follow Jesus and not lash out not fight fire with fire but instead stop and see the suffering that Jesus did on behalf of others Jesus went like a sheep silent led to slaughter as Isaiah 53 says how did he do this day after day being returned but he trusted God and he did not return instead he brought peace by not fighting fire with fire Romans 12 17 through 18 says do not repay anyone evil for evil give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eye eyes if possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone imagine what the world would look like if we laid down our rights more often how many marriage disputes would fade how many of two people fighting and quarreling would come to peace our work life our, our school friends our church life, how much would happen if we just laid our rights down like Jesus did? Instead of becoming angry and acting like a child who didn't get our way, peace would flourish because no offense would be given. Friend, Jesus is showing us how peace can come with others if we choose peace like he did. Third, we see that Jesus faced unjust suffering and he trusted God. Verse 23 at the end, he says, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Here was the secret sauce. This is the secret ingredient. How did Jesus do it? He entrusted God to handle everything. He entrusted God to bring about perfect justice. He trusted God to write his story he trusted God to bring all the glory and goodness that he promises when he says all things will be done for your good and my glory he was mindful of God who judges him partially according to one's deeds and he trusted that all wrongs would be righted and he trusted that even in suffering that he would not retaliate because justice would come by God's hand. The Greek word there, when it says it entrusted him, is most commonly means hand over. It's interesting because Jesus was handed over himself time and time again, but he always handed himself over to the Father, entrusting him. He hand, he, Jesus, Judas handed Jesus over to the priests out of greed the priest handed Jesus over Pilate out of self-righteousness Pilate handed him over to the soldiers out of cowardice yet on the cross Jesus handed himself over to God knowing that he would be vindicated not by his hand but by God raising him to life and showing that God is over even the worst things, that Jesus knew that God was in control. Friends, for us, we need to know 
that Jesus was the supreme example who patiently waited and had confidence in God. And in the next trial that we go to, he shows that there are God is working for us and we should not retaliate, but instead trust God to work out that story. Someone harms you, we know we want to vindicate ourselves, but instead trust God who is perfect in his dealings and he'll deal with all things justly. Which leads us to the fourth and most wonderful truth of these verses. They're all coming from this and going to this. Number four, Jesus has dealt with our sin in his suffering. Verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Friends, in his suffering, Jesus is always our example, but he's far more than an example. Jesus' death was to put an end to sin and to free his people to righteousness. It is in this that Jesus knew that because of sin, our sinful nature, that we are inclined to retaliate, to strike back, to be tipped, to fall into temptation and sin. But in this beautiful nature and beautiful time of Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus came from heaven to earth to give us victory over sin so that we might live for righteousness, to not only forgive us when we, because we know we've retaliated, to forgive us because we know we have sinned, but he empowers us to know that we can live like him. And this only happens because by his wounds we have been healed. Jesus died on the cross so that we might live in this way. What was this? Was Isaiah 53, 5 through 6 is what they were quoting. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We were all astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Friends, Jesus bore all of our sins on the cross and taking our failures. And because of that, though, he has granted us forgiveness from God. Charles Spurgeon, who was a preacher in London several hundreds of years ago, great preacher, known for his preaching, observed this. There was a substitution for our sins, and that substitution, believers are saved. The Lord Jesus Christ bore the punishment that was due on to us. The offended God stooped from his glory so that we might, he might save those who dared to rebel against his glory. The infinitely glorious Son of God became a sin bearer. He had pity on us, became one of us, and bore our sins. The priest of old brought a lamb as a substitute. But our Lord Jesus Christ had no substitute for himself. Let us remember that everything he did for us, he did himself the heart that was broken for our sins 
was his heart. The life given up was his life. Brothers and sisters, as we consider the baby that was born in a manger, he grew up to die on a cross, to be our substitute, to die in our place so that we might be restored to God. And maybe today, you came as an invitation from a friend, or maybe it's Christmas, and you're supposed to be in church, and you thought you needed to be here. But truthfully, as you were reading these verses, maybe you felt most drawn to the last verse, that you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Maybe you feel that way, like strange sheep, alone, far from God, discouraged, not knowing what the answers for eternity for you might be, but honestly, going through this life, struggling, knowing that, to be honest, you feel like a sheep without a shepherd. Friend, the good news of Christmas is that you can be returned to Christ. You can be returned to God because the great shepherd oversees us, that he came to die for us, and that if we, the Bible says, believe on him as fully God, who died on the cross and raised to life three days later, who repent of our sins and trust in him, that we can be born again and be made new, and we are brought under the care of the great shepherd. The sheep of his flock we can become. That you can be counted among the seas of sheep for eternity and live by the Holy Spirit now in the example Jesus gave us. But knowing that we can trust in him, never wandering alone from him that you could be brought into a family, even a family like this, a local church family, like Hebrew Baptist Church, where you can grow in holiness, knowing that we have a shepherd, an overseer of our souls. What a great Christmas gift it would be for you to receive and trust in Jesus Christ today, to repent of your sins and follow him. And today, you would receive the greatest gift you ever received. Brother and sister in Christ, maybe you have heard these words and the example of Christ. You have been saved by Jesus, and you are reminded that you need to be more like him this Christmas season. Maybe you're entering a time where you'll see people that you're at odds with or you're, you're struggling in a relationship. May we all respond humbly like Jesus. Today we are going to sing in response. It came upon a midnight clear. And it's interesting because this carol really brings the feeling of what we've talked about in this verse, that suffering. We know, verse 2, with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel's strains have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. Hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. And ye, beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. There is an understanding of these words that, that this is the human experience under sin. But praise be to God 
that through Christ, that one day we will experience that peace in him that we can see when peace shall come over all the earth, its ancient splendors fling. The whole world give back the song which now the angels sing. Alleluia to Jesus. We can sing that confidently knowing that in Christ that peace comes to our heart even in suffering. Let's celebrate Jesus this Christmas. Let us be more like him and let us praise that one day peace will come through him for all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder and encouragement through your word. The sacrifice of Jesus makes it all possible to know that it is in Christ, in Christ alone, that we are saved. I pray for the hearts of all of us here, for those who cannot and have not trusted in you. We pray today would be the day of their salvation. Today would be the day that they see a wonderful Savior who sacrificed himself, not calling on his godness to escape the pain and punishment, but instead willingly going to the cross so that all who believe on him might live forever. We pray this morning, Lord, for all of us to be more like Jesus, not just at Christmas, but all year long, that we would not repay evil for evil. Choose our words kindly, not repay back, but instead give loving forgiveness to all those around us. May we help Christ, as he's brought peace to our hearts, bring peace on earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's respond as we've been called in song. If you'd like to use the hymnal in front of you, this is number 93. It came upon a midnight clear.
thank you for being here this morning and us worshiping Christ together. Great singing this morning, and so we're grateful to praise God. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. Again, if you hadn't had the opportunity to fill out that Connect card, please do so. And take it to the Next Steps desk, which is through these double doors to the immediate left. Somebody will be there to serve you and help you if it's your first time uh, a gift. So we also invite you to our candlelight service uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a little different than this morning, uh, and, but exciting. And we love to do the candles at the end uh, to celebrate the light of Christmas. Uh, we hope that uh, also uh, that you would look inside the bulletin. There's our calendar for the first half of the year. Uh, of course, five people read this and there's still mistakes on it. Uh, but uh, the only quick changes were that the London mission trip is in June 8th through the 15th at the bottom. And uh, to Christy Reed's uh, thankfulness, uh, Bible school is not two weeks. It's only one week. It's June 3rd through the 7th, not the 17th. So you can fix that. Also, on the back is the series that will start on June uh, 14th, uh, sorry, January 14th, uh, that we will start in the book of Genesis. And uh, we will also love to have you come for that as we look at God's design for us and for the world. So we'd love to have you come back for that. Also, uh, the first event of the year is always a good one, and that's January 21st. Our chili cook-off and soup potluck, we'll be looking forward to that. That's there on the calendar. Uh, we also uh, today want to thank all of you this morning, our guests. Thank you for being here. Uh, we have several educators from different schools up here, uh, North Point, Yealy, uh, uh, Connor High, I think Connor Middle, right? Somewhere up there? No, is he up here? Connor Middle? No, he's not up here. Okay, but we've got several up here and several Connor High students up here. And so we, we want to thank them for being a part of our service today. So let's thank them. We're thankful for Mark for putting in all the effort to put this together. Thank you, Mark, for that, and thank you for that. Now, just before we go, I wasn't going to do this, but I've been encouraged by several different people that we celebrate Jesus' birthday number one tomorrow, but there's a second birthday tomorrow, and that's Dorothy Webb's birthday tomorrow. She'll be 91, and so we're excited for that. And then on the next day is Ron Burcham's birthday. This is an exciting time to celebrate birthdays. So before we go, once we hit a certain grade around here, you know, hey, we got to celebrate this, right? So we're going to sing happy birthday to Ron and Dorothy. Okay, that's how we're going to go, okay? Ready? Happy birthday to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ron and Dorothy. Happy birthday to you. Now come tonight, we'll celebrate Jesus' birth uh, even more. So we are glad that you are here. God bless and have a great day.